0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Traditionally Speaking. My name's Tom and my friend Joe and I are going to be talking to you this month about a very different kind of Christmas tradition and one that I think divides people because you either love it or you hate it and that of course is eggnog. (laughs) <laughs> yeah it's, it's, it's a pretty potent drink come christmas time <laughs> well do you know it's interesting because it's one of those drinks it hasn't really caught on over here but then you look back and you realize actually it was hugely popular uh, right up until about the mid 19th century in the uk and it just seems to have disappeared
1: yeah, actually, you guys started it all in medieval Britain. And, and at the time, it was mostly for the upper classes only. I mean, they had the uh, the wherewithal to get the, the ingredients and, and also they used it for toast for health and wealth. And it was all through medieval Britain. Uh, and somehow it, it transferred over to the US here. But now, you guys had a different drink, didn't you, um,
0: besides eggnog? Well, it's interesting. I don't think it was necessarily called eggnog to start with, but, I mean, it was huge in Britain, um, really in the 18th century particularly, um, because you would drink it from a traditional wooden cup, and the cup was called a noggin. And I th- reckon that's part of the reason why eggnog got its name. Um, interestingly as well, George Washington was one of the uh, one of the big adopters of it. He he apparently was very fond of eggnog, um, and, and he, he used made to a very
1: potent one. Oh my goodness! He threw just about every kind of liquor you can imagine in there.
0: He certainly did. There was rum, there was sherry, there was whiskey. Yeah. Uh, it must have been. I think it was one of those drinks you could probably use it to clean jewellery as well as as a <laughs> <laughs> as well as just as a drink. Maybe he used it to clean his wooden teeth.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and of course, you know, those drinks became like winter drinks and only winter drinks, because at that time, going back from like medieval Britain on forward, people didn't have refrigeration, so they weren't able to keep it cold enough to keep it safe for very long. You either made it and drank it that night or pretty much threw the whole thing out. Um, but that's that's why it became more of a holiday drink for eggnog and of course it's cousin Tom and Jerry, which I'll get into in a minute. And then um, uh, the monks even had a kind of similar eggnog, they called it posset. Mm. And the difference was it was eggnog, but they added figs and more eggs to it. So, uh, and that was used, in, you know, obviously in Europe and then came over to the Americas as well. So now the drink that you had, it,
0: it, is that still popular there? Well, they probably the closest thing that Scotland comes to eggnog um, is a drink called Whipkool. Um It's most uh, regularly drunk in Shetland, which is an island in the far north of Scotland. Um, And it was uh, regularly invaded by Vikings over the century. Um, So you tend to find that um, there's quite a a bit of Viking um, cultural influence in Shetland. Um, Now, Whipkool, it kind of comes somewhere between posset and uh, eggnog. And it's... um, probably best known because it has a a, a fair amount of rum in it uh, and many of the recipes um, as well as that custard consistency Um, but you may also find that people um, in the Shetland area will add things like you know raspberry preserve for instance um, just to give it a bit of extra taste so um, you'll probably find there'll be about three egg yolks um, in a a Shetland whip cool, um, probably about 30 grams of sugar and um, i would say rum added to taste so you can add as, as much as uh, <laughs> as much as you want within reason
1: <laughs> that that's the way most people make drinks around here to taste and then you know you taste it more in some and not so much in others but yeah <laughs> well and it's interesting the eggnog and actually we are going to have uh if you look at, at the site we'll have the recipes for Eggnog, and I'm going to put the the cousin of it, the Tom and Jerry, and uh, something, I mean, as far as me personally goes, this is very special to me. I mean, my grandmother had a milk glass eggnog punch bowl and punch cups from the 1950s and I grew up with that. In fact, I was always told be very careful don't let anything happen to it. And then my great aunt Madeline, who was my grandmother's sister, had a Tom and Jerry set that was the white milk glass with the the, the noggins and the uh, punch bowl. So there's a picture of that on the site as well. So <laughs> take a look at that, but that, That's what's kept it as a tradition in my family for quite a few years now. But anyway, and I put my own recipe up for eggnog and, of course, the Tom and Jerry, which really the only difference between the two is the eggnog has uh, three quarters of a cup of brandy or to taste and uh, three quarters of a cup of whiskey. And the Tom and Jerry, you use dark rum and cognac instead of the brandy and whiskey or you could be like George Washington put it all in
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's something that they really are quite keen to take off here I don't know if uh, there's much sign of an an uptake just yet Um, but in Scotland um, we do have quite a lot of North American students and as a result, there are quite a few shops springing up that sell a lot of American produce. Um, now, eggnog, particularly around about the festive season, is among them um, where you can buy them in prepackaged uh, kits. And uh, one of the things that fascinates me is that, you know, speaking to uh, American students and, uh, you know, people who've come across to do different um, studies, um, they often like to uh, season their um, eggnog with all kinds of different Um, things. It can be cinnamon, it can be nutmeg. Um, But the thing that really amazed me is you can get an eggnog flavored coffee now as well. Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: (laughs) Well, in this country, it isn't quite as big as pumpkin spice. But, you know, come uh, October, November, you start seeing the eggnog cartons popping up all over the place. And there's eggnog coffee creamer, and there's eggnog, you know, obviously in the cartons, and uh, eggnog cookies, and oh, good heaven, yeah, it, it comes around in a lot of different uh, products that, that you can find in the U.S., and of course, if you really want to do a quick eggnog, you can just buy one of the cartons and add your own booze, and you're ready to go, but uh the one that we put up is more more the tradition with the heavy cream and the milk. And you mentioned nutmeg, yeah, nutmeg is a big part of uh, Tom and Jerry and both uh, uh, that and eggnog. Uh, put a little nutmeg in there for flavoring, and yep, yeah, and of course sugar. So
0: yeah, it's interesting you mentioned that because uh, nutmeg is traditionally something that would be added to Whip cool as well, um, along with Shetland cream. Uh, but what amazes me um, is just how many different variants there are across the whole of America. Um, you get things like the Baltimore eggnog, uh, the General Jackson eggnog, the Imperial eggnog, the Saratoga egg lemonade, um, all of these different varieties.
1: Well, it's just like most other things around here. Everybody has their own you know, particular take on how they like their eggnog. And from that, we've had lots of different recipes coming up I mean mine I'm calling it traditional but you know I could could probably get an argument or two from our listeners going no the traditional one does this so you know just depends where you've grown up and what part of the country and what you like in your eggnogs (laughs) but it's interesting that these drinks only appear in winter
0: yeah that's true and I think it's one of those drinks isn't it that People like to associate with being warmed up at Christmas time. Um, I mean, I, I think sort of for, for whip cool, you'd be looking at sort of November through to about January, um, because traditionally it would be drunk around the New Year time rather than um, the traditional Christmas period. Um, but um, I think with eggnog, you know, now that it's becoming more widely available um, in sort of pre-packaged uh, kits, um, you tend to find that uh, you know it's, it's a much broader um, period than that. Now, I would say probably starts about October.
1: Now, do you, do you sell yours commercially at all on your side, or or is it pretty much just homemade recipes?
0: Um, I would say that if you if you wanted to to get a hold of it here in Scotland, your best bet would be um, either to go to a specialist American food supplier, um, or to go to one of the <laughs> or possibly one of the larger supermarkets because they have um, you know different um sections for um food from different countries um, and they would sell things like Hershey bars and uh, you know other other american food favorites um that aren't widely available in the uk
1: wow okay so it is available you just have to search it out
0: yeah that's exactly it yeah
1: <laughs> wow how fun now you know and then there's other you know holiday drinks like Wasso which you never hear of anymore uh, even though there was a song about here we go, a wassailing among the leaves so green. But anyway, you don't see that as much, but eggnog's kind of stood the test of time and has always been uh, a Christmas tradition in this in this country.
0: Yeah, it's true, isn't it? It's amazing how culinary traditions can um, survive, develop, evolve into different things. Um, a bit like the mince pie over here. I mean, if you asked a, um, you know, somebody in the Tudor court um, for a mince pie, you would get something radically different um, from the kind of mince pies that you would buy o- off the shelf today. Um, and I suppose eggnog's the same, isn't it? It's uh, it's evolved over the generations.
1: Well, and don't you have the only store that does like fried
0: mince pies in? <laughs> by you? Well, I think that's probably a, a discussion for a, for another episode. But that's perfectly true. Yes, the first uh, the first fish and chip shop. Um, to deep fry a mince pie um, is in uh, Camelin, which is just outside of Falkirk. Oh,
1: so hear that, folks! Here's an here comes another podcast. We're going to be talking more about that down the road. So, <laughs> anything else you'd like to add to the eggnog? uh Tom and Jerry, or and uh, what what is the drink that you call? Can you spell it?
0: It's W H uh, I P K you with an umlaut and L. And that's pronounced whip cool? Uh, whip cool, yeah. Huh. Never heard
1: of it in this country. That's only me, but I, I've never seen it in print or never heard about it. And When I'm looking for holiday drinks or punches, I haven't seen it pop up. So that's, that's interesting.
0: Well, to be absolutely honest with you, I would say about 95% of people in Scotland haven't heard of it either. Um, it's, <laughs> it's pretty obscure as Christmas drinks go.
1: Okay, so uh, yeah, again, didn't didn't quite last the test of time that uh, eggnog did. So,
0: <laughs> but if you're a traditionalist,
1: now, Tom, you going to put that recipe up as well?
0: I, I hope so, yeah. There's lots of different ways of, of preparing it. Um, and uh, interestingly, I mean, I have a number of good friends from Shetland, um, and none of them had heard of Whipkool. So um, I'm, I'm asking around to see what the best recipe is, and hopefully that will be added to the website soon. And, of course, as, as Tom
1: mentioned, you know, you can look at these recipes and then add your own ingredients, or if you go, you know, this needs a touch of this or a touch of that, feel free. So, and if you guys have any kind of unusual drinks that you drink at the holidays that we haven't mentioned, I'd love to hear it. I'm always looking for new cocktails and punches and stuff to serve at the holidays. So, by all means, uh, let us know on our website what your favorite holiday drink is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Why not get in contact and let us know if you perhaps enjoy different eggnog traditions. Like, for instance, uh, there are a number of egg custard puddings which are inspired by eggnog. Um, Perhaps you prefer that to the actual custard drink. You know, who knows? Um, I'm sure you all have different traditions where where you come from. So um, if you would like to tell us about them, please visit us on the website and tell us more about it. Absolutely. Oh, Christmas
1: desserts. Yeah, we got to do a podcast on that. (laughs) Absolutely. That would be a long one. <laughs> <laughs> well, any final words on, on eggnogs or whip cools or, you know, uh, Tom and Jerry's?
0: Well, just to say, uh, I hope wherever you are that you enjoy your milk punch or your, your egg milk punch or your eggnog or whatever you want to call it, um, that I dare say you have your own traditions and that you, you uh, you know, take it to heart every Christmas time. Um, if that brings you some comfort in the cold and wet nights um, or the snowy nights, um, then uh, I really, I really hope that you'll tell us all about it.
1: And of course, just please be responsible when you're adding all these um liquors into your drink. So be careful. Don't be going out after you've had a punch bowl full. <laughs> well, Tom, this has been another fun thing. And, you know, again, I, I'm glad you let me share my little story about, you know, eggnog and Tom and Jerry here, because it really does mean an awful lot to uh, my wife, Mary, and I every season. So And I hope you all enjoyed this, and we'll be listening for our next
0: podcast. Thank you, everyone, for joining us. Um, It's been great to talk to you, and I hope that you'll tune in again soon.